Our scripture reading this morning comes from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 9, verses 27 through 33. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, crying loudly, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their eyes were opened. Then Jesus sternly ordered them, See that no one knows of this. But they went away and spread the news about him throughout that district. After they had gone away, a demoniac who was mute was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the one who had been mute spoke. And the crowds were amazed and said, Never has anything like this been seen in Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. We continue in our Lenten sermon series of recovery. Just this past Sunday, Pastor Tammy revealed to us the interconnectedness and the interdependence of all creation, that that what happens here where we are affects what happens somewhere else, that we don't exist in isolation, but we exist in relationship to others, whether we are aware of it or not. And even while Pastor Tammy was preaching, my mind was beginning to go elsewhere as I was thinking about these connections. And I was reminded of a time when I was in undergraduate school. Having transferred from JSU to Berry College, I discovered that I was going to have to have an additional science Now, no offense to anyone who is particularly skilled at the sciences, but I am not. Chemistry, biology, they escape me. I appreciate them, but they are not my forte. So as I was at Barry, I was trying to figure out what science might I take that could get me the easiest A, to meet the academic requirements to get my degree. And what I discerned and decided was that agriculture, or ag to be short, might be one of those classes that would be easy enough for me to get the grade that I needed with minimal effort. I was wrong. Those of you who know Berry College, you know that it is well known for agricultural sciences, and they did not disappoint. Now, why do I share this? I share this because it was through that class that I began to appreciate more that even in nature, natural organisms all around us have an embedded story that we're often unaware of. If you were to go out and you were to take section of a tree, you would discover that at the, in the heart of that tree, there is a story that is being told. Now, on the surface, we don't see that. We see limbs. But examining that cross section can tell you a lot about what that tree has experienced, 
You look at the bands, the thin bands signify a time of scarcity for that tree. That it didn't get as much rainfall that year as it would have liked. The thick bands demonstrate that it had more than enough rainfall to grow, to fill out. And you can even see, if you look close enough, the effects of a forest fire. The trauma caused to trees. You can see scars around those bands where the new layer has been added on. You see, nature often has a wonderful way of reminding us to do things, to examine ourselves in ways that we often don't think about. Because trees are not the only things with embedded stories. They are not the only things with embedded stories to share. Several years ago, Leanne was leading a field trip to Washington, D.C. She had the wonderful idea to take her ninth grade English class to Washington, D.C. over spring break. And I vividly recall walking down the National Mall and looking at the monuments, the Lincoln Memorial, the Jefferson Memorial, the Vietnam Memorial, all of those memorials. And thinking about the stories that exist behind them. Behind every monument were lives that were changed. Because behind every single one of those monuments, there was collective trauma experienced by our country. Whether thinking about the Civil War with Lincoln or the Vietnam War, there was pain and there was heartache, there was distress, there was a story that existed behind the marble and the cement in those monuments. I will say, though, that one particular monument stood out to me. It was a new addition at that time, and that was the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial. Martin Luther King's stature protruding from that monument. As I stood there, I imagined the man behind it. We, we, we have just recently celebrated him in Black History Month, many of us have. But do we ever stop and think about the story that existed within his mind? The, the sort of stress and things that he experienced as he tried to move our country towards a greater place. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with it, but when the mortician did the autopsy on Martin Luther King Jr., what he discovered was that while he was only 39, 40 when he died, his heart was like that of a 60-year-old. Indeed, it is well um, accounted for that Martin Luther King Jr. faced incredible, incredible bouts with depression throughout his life. Not only that, but imagine the, the chronic stress that he found himself under. The isolation that he would have experienced trying to move us collectively toward a better place. There's a story there in his mind. 
a story of heartache, a story of pain, a story of stress, a story of frustration. He reminds us that each and every one of us have a story. That each and every single one of us have some sort of experience, human experience in our lives. We are not free from dealing with pain. We aren't free from dealing with depression. We aren't free from dealing with anxiety. But that it's all a part of what is within us. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of our story. I'm reminded of this just recently. For those of you who have been able to watch our Anniston Bar Church episodes, I've had the privilege and opportunity of interviewing different individuals. Lucy Morris, Amber Cotton, local community leaders, Lori Floyd. And while my time spent with them was to help us get some tools that would help us when we meet these obstacles that we inevitably do along the way, what I discovered was that the practices that they offered, they came from somewhere deep within. They didn't come up with these on their own, but they were a product of their experiences. For Lucy, it was sharing her story of dealing with mental illness, which she speaks about frequently. For Amber, it was the story of wrestling with her husband's suicide. For Hope, it was discovering her own intellectual disabilities and moving towards them. See, the characters in our Scripture today are not too different from these folks. They have first century manifestations of things that we have names for now. Mental illness. Blindness. These, these persons, they remind us of the fragility of the human mind. That though God designed it good and, and that it's well, sometimes it betrays us. And there's only so much we can do about it. And yet Jesus comes on the scene to remind us that healing for those broken minds that we have is available as well. That there is a healer that comes to offer hope to those who feel hopeless. And that the Spirit is there in that healing process. These, these persons in our text this morning, they also remind us that much to Jesus' chagrin, we don't keep those stories inside us. Those stories don't cease to be told, but they burst forth from the healing we experience to be shared with other people. The theologian Henry Nouwen talked about this sort of woundedness that we all have. Not one of us is able to escape it. 
We all have some sort of trauma or grief or hurt within us. Now, we have the ability to allow that to exist within us and and let it fester, to compartmentalize it and box it away, never to deal with it. Or we have the opportunity to let those wounds and those stories become healing for other people. To share those stories in the ways that those in our text this morning did. We claim those stories that we have. We don't allow others to edit them for us, but we become our own editors. We become our own narrators. And we use it for the good of others. What does that look like? For Lucy, it looks like advocacy. And she shares about that in our bar, one of our Bar Church episodes. It looks like removing the stigma around mental illness. For Hope, in our Bar Church series, it meant working to become a counselor to help others. But perhaps it looks different for you and for me. Perhaps it means that having been bullied as a child, you cease to keep doing that as an adult. And you act graciously to someone else. Perhaps it means having experienced depression in your own life, you become more empathetic and more gracious with others as that story that we claim shapes us and allows us to share out of the abundance of grace that God has given us. We all have stories. Each and every one of us. Stories of grief. Stories of loss. Stories of heartache. We get to choose how we share those stories. Our operative image in this sermon series is beach glass. Beach glass is simply something that has been discarded. A piece of it. Whether it be a mason jar, a beer bottle, a Coke bottle, a piece of a wine glass. You don't see that here. You just see a piece of glass with some rough edges, some smooth edges. It's not the whole story. There's something else behind it. When people look at us, they don't see the whole story. But by God's grace, we get to share a little bit of it. Let us pray. Gracious God, within each of us, there is a story. There is a story of pain. There is stories of reconciliation. There is stories of healing. God, we have the opportunity to hold on to those. Or we have the opportunity, by Your grace and Your guidance, to allow those to become healing waters that flow out for others. God, help us, empower us to share that story. Amen.